0: As we get to chapter 19 of John's Gospel, we are seeing the cumulative brutality that has been laid upon Jesus Christ. After sweating drops of blood in the garden, soaking his clothes in a tint of red, he is arrested and brought to the high priest where he is spit upon and struck in the face, causing all of his features to become swollen and sensitive. Then he is brutally flogged by Pilate's soldiers. We are then told that the soldiers, after administering a brutal flogging, twist together a crown of thorns, mash it on his head, and then throw a purple garment over his freshly torn body in order to mock what they perceived to be his laughable kingship. And they continue to strike him with their hands. Pilate's hope in all of this was to satisfy Jesus' opponents by flogging him and mocking his claim to be a king so that he could ultimately set Jesus free. The governor could clearly see that no charge could stick to the innocent Jesus. His hope was that once he presented Jesus to the leaders and the rest of the crowd in his bruised, bloody, and pitiful state, they would be shocked at his gruesome appearance, have mercy on him, and drop their charges. So after affirming the innocence of Jesus once again, Pilate then utters his most famous words as he presents the mutilated Jesus to the crowd, saying, Behold the man. Behold the man. Pontius Pilate's call was far more profound than he could have ever realized. Behold the man. It's exactly what John the Evangelist was trying to get his audience to do throughout his entire gospel. Behold the man, guilty only of showing mercy to the outcast, giving sight to the blind, healing the sick, and serving the poor. Behold the man, full of grace and truth, full of love and kindness. Behold the man, betrayed and arrested falsely accused and abused. No hint of mercy has been shown to him and there will be no mercy forthcoming. Only the haunting chorus of voices calling out, Crucify him! Crucify him! No appeal would dissuade them from their evil course. As he presents Jesus to the crowd... Pontius Pilate wants the people to look on Jesus, to view him as harmless, and then show him mercy because he's so physically mutilated at this point that the Isaiah 52 prophecy is coming true before their eyes. Isaiah told of this moment when he said, As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form marred beyond that of the children of mankind. But as we imagine this scene, and we think on the bloody and mutilated body of Jesus, we are confronted with an overwhelming truth about sin. We can see in this text that sin is more than simply disobeying God. It's more than idolatry and placing other functional gods before the Lord. It's more than a disorder or a disease or something that therapy can resolve. This passage reveals a more devastating reality about sin. Let's put it together. At the beginning of the Scriptures, the Lord created Adam as his image to reflect his glory, honor, and royal dignity in the world. And the Lord's immediate response to his image-bearer was delight. The scriptures tell us that God declared his creation to be very good. You might say that after creating Adam, the Lord stepped back in the light and said, Behold the man. But when Adam plunged the human race into sin and ruin, we were marred beyond human semblance, marred beyond the appearance of humanity. And what we're seeing in John 19 is that in this moment of substitutionary suffering, in his state of physical ruin, Jesus is an embodiment of our state of ruin in both form and function. Sin is the ruin of our very humanity. This... Is the form and appearance that we took on, our humanity disfigured, distorted, and disintegrated through our estrangement from God? In every lack of conformity to the beauty of God's design for us, our appearance before God is marred beyond human semblance. In our lack of love, we are marred beyond human semblance. In our selfishness and pride, we are marred beyond human semblance. In our self-righteousness and greed, we are marred beyond human semblance. But do you see the profound truth coming to light here? The only way to recover a marred and unrecognizable humanity was for the true man, Jesus Christ, to take on himself the sin that has so ruined us in order to cancel it. The true man, Jesus Christ, was willing to plumb the depths of our ruin so that he could lay hold of us and bring us back from that perilous state of misery and despair. Jesus is showing what we really look like before God. If you think that your sins are no big deal behold the man. If you think that your indifference to God and neighbor is a small thing, behold the man. If you think that there will be no consequence to your greed, self-righteousness, and pride, behold the man. Jesus is literally standing at the judgment seat of Pontius Pilate, mutilated and ruined. And we must know, that one day we will all stand before the judgment seat of God Almighty. Everybody will give an account to God for the life they have lived, for our words, our deeds, our loves, our motives, and our thoughts. I know that our culture despises the idea of anybody judging them. I know this. But I would suggest to you, that the reason why we are so sensitive to judgment is because deep in our hearts, we know ourselves to be incapable of surviving a real just judgment. Regardless of how well we can fool others, no matter how good of an appearance we can make on social media, we know that if it came to the goodness of our thoughts and actions, the integrity of our motives, the truth and kindness of our words, we could not survive just scrutiny. It's a common thing for people to say, only God can judge me. But here's the thing, God will most certainly judge us. And what will we do on that day of judgment that is drawing closer and closer? John would have you know and believe that you can receive mercy on that day. And this is how, throughout this scene, Jesus is willing to go without mercy before the human court of injustice and the divine court of holy justice so that you and I can receive mercy before the divine court of holy justice and survive the judgments of our fellow human beings in this life. He is... The merciful man who would rather go through hell for you than to enjoy glory without you. The people mercilessly cry out for his judgment, but Jesus mercifully calls out for our pardon. Here is the good news of God's grace. If you want to see the evidence of God's love for sinners, behold the man. If you ever struggle to believe that God cares about you, behold the man. If your guilt and shame weigh you down like a heavy load, behold the man. If you want to receive mercy when you stand before God, behold the man, Jesus Christ, and trust in him today. John 19 is showing us that in Jesus Christ, the judgment for those who believe in him has been moved to the past. It's already happened. The judgment has fallen on him and there is none left for those who simply trust in him. Behold the man. These words, though ironic on the lips of Pilate, are nevertheless God's call for us to see, to see that Christ is our life and the lover of our souls. Behold the man on this Good Friday. And allow your heart to love and sing and wonder at the beauty and goodness of the Lord. Amen.